This episode of Market Foolery is supported by Wonder Capital, an investing service that allows individuals to invest in solar projects across the U.S. Earn up to 11% annually while diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. Create an account for free at wondercapital.com/fool. Wonder Capital, do well and do good. It's Wednesday, September 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Do you want to talk baseball? I, I, what, are we trying to break all records for going off topic? Well, we, we Which we, has been discussed recently in your little Facebook group. In, uh, in, in the podcast group, group on Facebook, yeah. That was, that was uh, something that was commented on by the listeners. Like, wow, last week's episode that you were on might have set a, set a land speed record for going off topic. And, and in fact, I don't think it did, right. but it was in, in the running. It's in the running. It, it, it's on the metal today, stand. Today, you seem to have thrown down the gauntlet. Well, like, just, we, can, we can go off topic immediately. Just because... <laughs> Exactly. Just because for a, a good ten minutes before we started taping, you, me, and our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, were talking about the upcoming baseball playoffs, looking at the wild card potential in the National League and the American League, and if you're Fox Sports, uh, who if Fox has the World Series this year, Fox needs some good news. Fox to bring this into investing perspective. Yes, as as I wrote on Twitter yesterday, um, uh, in their next earnings report, looks looked for Fox to report a couple of one-time charges in terms of the the payouts to people like Roger Ailes and Gretchen uh, they Carlson. Better hope that's one time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a little bit of the news fairy happening today. Uh, we're going to start with some earnings though from Dave and Buster's second quarter results were good. This is a damn good quarter. They, they, their profits and sales were just solidly better than expected, and shares were down about three percent this morning. On, help me understand this. They lowered guidance on their same store sales. They didn't lower them dramatically, and it it doesn't strike me as this is a stock that has had some sort of phenomenal run over the last year or so. So I I would understand the drop. If they were lowering guidance more than they did, or if the stock was up forty percent over the last year, which it's not. Okay, uh, so anytime you lower guidance, that's going to be pressure on the stock, and the stock actually was up fifty-two percent last year, another eleven uh, percent going into today. So it it may not seem like it's gone up a whole lot in the immediate past, but it's been a good run. It's it's tripled basically from its uh, IPO price. Uh, it's not really the initial public offering because this company has gone in and out of, of private and public ownership a couple uh, of times. Couple of times, but when it came back uh, in 2014, uh, it was around fifteen dollars a share, and today, right, it's up to forty five ish. So that is in less than two years. So let's not. Just look at the last couple of weeks, last month, and say the stock's gone wild. It's it's built up off of some pretty decent performance. Uh, a lot of uh, happy shareholders who now may be taking some profits. As you point out, it wasn't a big uh, drop in the guidance from uh, I think three four percent to two three percent comp guidance. So not not a big drop. It's down three percent off of uh, you know a decent year so far. We've talked recently about the restaurant space, 
um, and the fact that when it comes to discretionary, you, you can look at restaurants as a group and say, make a, a decent argument that this is these are discretionary income stocks. I think yeah, Dave and Buster's highly discretionary. I was going to say, and and probably at the top of that list is Dave and Buster's. So is do you think any part of what we're seeing today is investors, maybe more so institutional investors, erring on that side of caution, saying, you know what, if these guys are lowering their guidance even a little bit, I'm I, I want no part of that. Well, I think that the performance of Dave and Buster's, let's give management credit for the performance of the stock in, in the last two years, but also be reminded that if Dave and Buster's is doing really well, the economy must be doing well. If you're if you're confused between what political candidate is telling you how good or bad the economy is, Dave and Buster's stands as some indication that discretionary spending is healthy, right? Because there's just no aspect of the trip there, which is wherever will I find video games to play or <laughs> beer to drink or you know the same kind of food that you can get at, at a dozen other chains, and yet you know people like to go to Dave and Buster's, and and they would not be doing so because it's not a cheap night there, in my experience. It's been a while since I've been, but I dropped some kids off at birthday parties, and I know the parents are shelling out a little bit for that experience. So uh, I think uh, consumer. Discretionary spending to me seems to still be healthy, but maybe not if you take Dave and Buster's as a proxy for the whole thing, which you shouldn't. But you may be doing a little bit today, then it's not quite as healthy as you thought yesterday. I like what you've just introduced, and it is the idea that for all the talk every quarter of Caterpillar, FedEx, UPS, those types, ExxonMobil as being quote unquote bellwether stocks. I like the fact that you just introduced Dave and Buster's as part of that group. Yeah. Well, Dave and Buster's, when, when you've got a cutback on your spending, Dave and Buster's is going to be taking a hit, and it really hasn't so far. So uh, people are not tightening their, their belts. Shares of Chipotle are up more than 5% this morning on the news that billionaire activist investor Bill Ackman. Has taken a 9.9% stake in the company. Not Ackman personally. Uh, Pershing Square, the hedge fund that he runs, has taken a 9.9% stake. Um, quick question: What? What? Remind me why it's 9.9. Why do they not go over 10%? Is there? Is it? Is it a disclosure thing? Yes, yeah, disclosure. It's controlling interest stuff. Okay. We could go into the details and bore everybody even more than we Already. will ultimately do on some other topic. Um, I'm torn on this one because I'm a Chipotle shareholder. I like seeing my stock up more than 5% on any given day. But pretty much every conversation we've had in this studio over, I would say, the last year or so that involves invoking the name of Bill Ackman has not been complimentary. He has been on the wrong side of a bunch of investments over the last year. And uh, I, I get that this is not like Herbalife, where he's coming out and he's shorting it. This is uh, he's taken an interest and he wants to help management turn the stock around. But boy, I am I am really torn on this one, and I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, well, it, certainly the the recent headlines have not been 
kind to Ackman, uh, although his longer-term record uh, shows a bit more investing acumen than the last couple of years have, have displayed. So I think the question is, what is the you know, activist role here? Uh, and, and it's not immediately apparent. Maybe it's to push for a share buyback. Uh, the company could take on debt uh, and, and buy back some shares if you think they're especially cheap. They are cheap compared, certainly, to prices that they've been at in the recent past. Uh, the stock was almost cut in half, uh, down to 380 from a high of 750 uh, within this year. So I think that's a possibility. Uh, I think some of the other things that an activist would normally push for, refranchising, that kind of thing, doesn't really apply here. So I don't know what kind of activism he's envisioning. I, it'll be interesting to see. Ackman, uh, I think it was last year, was uh, pushing for refranchising, with, I think, with respect to uh, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. He is generally seen as a fan of that, so I know that you know part of the coverage this morning has been taking that angle. Like, wait a minute, you know, Ackman's taking an interest. He's not a dumb guy. You know, there are many directions he could go in, but one direction that he has gone in in the past is very different from what Chipotle's management has done. They, you know, there was a Chipotle once upon a time dipped their toe in the franchising waters and decided, no, this isn't for us. Bought those back. They're all company-owned stores. Yeah, I I don't know. That's it. The thing where you you enter with a you're going to hate this idea, <laughs> but type of approach is one where things might uh, work out. But I I don't know that that's necessarily what management is going to be interested in hearing from him. Oh, to be a fly on the wall when he eventually gets in the same room with. Uh, Stephen Ells and Monty Moran. Right. I mean, at the moment, uh, they're not likely to listen with that great interest and say, well, you really seem to know what you're doing lately. Uh, so, God, how fortunate we are to have <laughs> your interest in how we about- should run our business. And then perhaps we could give you some ideas on how to invest better. Right. That's true. That is true. Um, inter- it might be a two-way street. They both might be able to benefit International is also something that I've seen raised because you've got, you know, of of all the I think it's a couple thousand Chipotle locations, only about twenty four are outside the United States. So that's that seems something that is higher on the list than a more aggressive rollout of their other concepts like Shop House and and the pizza concept and that sort of thing. Yeah, possibly the. the but maybe the the shop house and the pizza are are the things that he sees some sort of value in. I would agree that I think the international has more legs. Uh, the shop house, the shop houses that I've been by have never been that congested. Have you ever? They're have uncontaminated you been to one? by customers. Uncontaminated by customers, uh, just like the cheese shop in Monty Python. Yes. Yes. Uh, so. I've I've been to Chipotle abroad in London, and it was well contaminated uh, by customers. By customers, but rather than by E. coli or the other things which right. have occasionally chosen to contaminate Chipotle. No, this this were healthy customers in the store buying and eating food abroad, and I think that's an idea that they might want to look at further. 
Uh, two things to mention before we uh, get to our final story. First, I think I mentioned this last week. If you're if you're someone who owns an Amazon Echo, uh, the Motley Fool is now providing a daily news update uh, as part of the flash briefing uh, news updates on Amazon Echo. Do you have an Echo in your? Are home? we doing one of those after this? Yeah, we're going to tape one after this. Really? Yeah. People were stunned that we were able to do that one within. The, the time allotted, right? Because you Since know, Amazon said we'd lo- you know it'd be great if you guys could could do a news briefing for us. We'd like it to be about a minute and a half, and I was like, you know what? That's going to work out well in some cases with uh, many of my guests, with with many of the analysts who sit across from me, with Bill Barker. More of a challenge, but we'll get it done. Um, Which story are we doing for that one? I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll talk. You know, maybe you know what? Maybe we'll really throw the Amazon Echo owners for a loop, and it won't be about stocks. any of these. Three. It, no, it'll just be about baseball. You got to go out and buy an Amazon Echo now. Yeah, to exactly. find out and <laughs> do it quick. Just listening to the podcast no longer is going to get you everything not- that you do. In this studio, well, and for, and for the, and yeah. I'm not an Amazon Echo owner, but I will say, and I'm not looking to plug any one news outlet in in particular, but uh, they have a lot of great offerings in terms of like, it's not just Motley Fool. There's you know somewhere north of 50 different news it's outlets. It's beginning to sound like product placement now. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not mentioning anyone in particular. I'm just saying if you're someone who likes to get your news in audio form. And you happen to own an Amazon Echo? Uh, there are a bunch of really good news outlets, such as. Get. I'm not going to mention any. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not plugging. If, you know, if, if someone wants to slip me, you're 10 just bucks. plugging Amazon. Not not any of the. the I'm plugging the device. Yeah, the device. You need Got the it. device. Yeah. Um, you know, if you could help combat global climate change and make money at the same time, that's a proposition that some of you might be interested in. Uh, Wonder Capital is the award-winning online investment platform that allows you to invest in solar energy projects across the U.S. Uh, The platform allows you to earn up to 11% annually while diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, combating climate change. And your investment in Wonder's fully managed solar investment funds goes directly to helping U.S. small and medium-sized businesses install solar panels. As those businesses repay their loans to Wonder, you receive monthly payments directly deposited into your bank account. And individuals who have previously invested with Wonder Capital have supported the installation and long-term financing for a high-end storage facility in Florida, a government office building in Minnesota, and many other projects across the company. And best of all, Wonder Capital does not take any fees for investing your money. To learn more and to create an account for free, just go to wondercapital.com. That's Wonder with a U. Not the regular way you spell wonder. It's wonder with a U. Wonder Capital, do well and do good. Jeffrey Edinger is the CEO of Hormel Foods. Uh, the company announced today that he will be stepping down at the end of October, and that will complete a 10-year run. I would say a very impressive 10-year run for Mr. Edinger, because during his tenure as CEO of Hormel Foods, that stock has more than tripled the market's return. That's pretty impressive for any business, but particularly one that's just sort of a, a a very basic consumer product, packaged meats company. Yeah, and it it has been a great run and uh, nice to uh, exit uh, on a high note, um, if if that's the choice here. And I, I, as we mentioned last week in talking about Campbell's, it has been a good. Last three to five years for packaged foods in general, uh, and even better for uh, Hormel. So I think that uh, I don't know that the, this 
continual expansion of valuations, the the price earnings multiple expanding and expanding, which has been a chunk. It's not only been performance, but also uh, investor enthusiasm for the space. Uh, and and I don't know if that part can can go all that much further. So. Uh, but Hormel's done a good job of, of acquiring a, you know a few brands here and there, expanding beyond the things that it's best known for. Acquiring uh, Skippy a couple of years ago, the top brand of peanut butter uh, in uh, in China now. Hormel owns Skippy. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Bought it from Unilever in uh, 2013, I think. Better known for Spam, of course. Uh, I, I was on. The Today Show once uh, talking about Hormel's earnings. I think it was back in 2008, and they piled a, a pyramid of spam cans uh, in, in the table. <laughs> That's a nice visual. <laughs> in the table between myself and, and the host. What do you suppose they did with all that afterwards? Because it's easy for me to imagine the executive producer saying, "Yeah, we we need something. Send a production assistant out. Send him to the grocery store." We need uh, a couple of crates worth of spam. It wasn't like a seventy can pyramid. It was probably like twelve. How close were you to it? Was there any danger that you were going to knock it over? Uh, yeah, with you know my involvement, <laughs> sure. With you wildly just gesticulating and all, right? With your with your um, less than perfect reflexes, <laughs> that could be a little. Um, how did that go on the Today Show? It was very brief. It was like a three-minute segment, you know. And they flew me to New York, or I took the train, I think, and I had to spend a night uh, in a, it, the smallest hotel room I think I've ever been booked into. Uh, but it, it was, it was fine. Boy, that that tells you right there. And maybe this is not the case because what you say? This is two thousand eight. I think it was two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. But that 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 gives that gives anyone listening a good indication of how flush. Broadcast television networks are with disposable cash. I mean, we're to talk about disposable income. It's like, well, we need an analyst to talk about the business of Hormel. Okay, uh, well, cost is no issue whatsoever. So let's get a guy up here. Let's put him up in a hotel in New York City, which is never cheap, no matter how small the hotel room is. We'll bring him over. Eh, we'll spend about three minutes on the set, and while you're at it, go spend, take a few hundred bucks out of petty cash. Go buy as much spam as you can, so you can stack it up behind him. Definitely true. Although I think in the case of Motley Fool and the rest of the the media, there are times when they just assume that we're in New York. Oh, right. Yes. Right. So it may have been one of those occasions, and I don't know what what at what point did you stop uh, interacting with people about these requests. Um, pretty pretty soon after we started market foolery, so yeah, like five years ago. All right, so two thousand, you may have been the one, the contact with with NBC about this, possibly, yeah, and, and probably, and so you went through this sort of, oh, aren't you in New York, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't remember specifically if that was the case with them, but I do know that 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 has happened before, where they've and there have and you're already at the point maybe where you've agreed and they say, all right, so so should we have a limo like grab the person? You say, well, we're we're here in Washington. Yeah, we're know? a few hundred miles away to yeah. the south, and 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 at that point maybe just out of embarrassment of of not wanting to show how little they know about us, they say, oh well, yes, of course, then you know, I do remember fly on up here. I do remember specifically. Um, on a couple of occasions, with uh, at least once with NBC and and once or twice with CBS, I remember specifically saying to uh, whoever, I, whatever producer I was dealing with, 
would you, you know, we have a studio here in our office. We can also get them to one of your studios, one of your branded network studios in Washington, D.C. Would you, you know, and that would, you know, that would certainly be easier for the person. It would be easier and cheaper for you. And resoundingly, the answer was no, we want them here on the set. Yeah. This was one of those occasions. Yeah. Just throwing around cash up there at the Rogers <laughs> Networks. Um, by the way, one other thing on Hormel, which I discovered, I clearly I missed the Skippy thing. If you go on the Hormel website, uh, they have coupons on their website. I, I I don't buy spam, but I do buy their bacon, really good bacon, and yeah. uh, and their pepperoni too. When I'm when I'm doing a little homemade pizza, I'll buy some Hormel pepperoni, and now I'm gonna like be printing out coupons on their website. That's a smart move. Why wouldn't you do that? Why not? I think that they're not the only ones who do it, but it's not something that. Uh you always think about I mean, everybody is willing to get coupons into your hands, right? You go to the grocery store sometimes, and you buy like three things, and then the receipt is about twelve pages long because <laughs> right. they, they they have to, all these coupons that they have to get in front of you. Yeah. So it's good business. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.